What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a Bitch. So if you guys have been watching the news lately, you know there's been some unusual weather going on here in the south. We're getting some uh, beautiful snow. It's a nice little winter wonderland outside. You mean winter apocalypse? Yeah, that's perspective, right? But I will say... It's like kind of like a, a bad house guest. It was really nice the first day. Some cool selfies, beautiful landscape. Now you want this motherfucker to leave. Get the fuck out of my house, bitch. <laughs> but all that to say, you know, it, it has been an eye-opening experience for a lot of us as to what it's like to really be without some of the things that we take for granted on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I feel like this is an experience that a lot of people have not gone through before. So let's talk about this shift in perspective. What's up, happy people? Welcome to the show. Snow. (laughs) So uh, last week... We get notifications that some extreme weather was coming to Texas. Snow. And, <laughs> and you know, in typical Texan fashion, the arrogance of being Texans, we're like, oh, we ain't, they ain't <laughs> shit. No. Ain't shit. Yeah. What's a little snow and ice going to do? We've been through some worse shit. Like, I mean, usually when they say snow, it's like a powdered sugar dusting on the top. Like, oh, look, I saw a snowflake. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, look yeah. at the little snowflake. Texans. Look at that little snowflake. It's so cute. <laughs> Texans could not brace themselves. They had nope. no idea what what level what of store? what level of fuckery. This is like Colorado snow. This oh, is this, this no, is this like is, this is Canada snow. Yeah, the this snow with not, some parts of Texas are in the negatives right now, like negative yeah. two, negative three, negative this is, five. Makes me feel like I'm in Idaho, and and I keep trying to tell people it's not the snow that's the issue. It's the lack of preparedness of the way we live here in Texas. Like, we're not built for this shit. Like, in Idaho, every house has a fireplace and a wood-burning stove and a generator, and you got uh, trucks with four-wheel drive and chains in case you need it. Texans look at all they that shit. salt for the roads and Texas plows. Texans look at that and, like, get that sh- get all that away from me. We don't prepared. need that in Texas. We don't have thermal underwear. We don't have six months' supplies <laughs> worth of canned goods in the pantry. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like... Yeah, so this, this 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 is exposed to Texas and how just unprepared the great state is, the Lone Star State. Like mm-hmm. we're feeling we very soft. lonely right now. I always said the Texans are fake cowboys. This shit is <laughs> not. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. I know I'm gonna hurt a lot of people's feelings with that, but it's this is not the South. These I, are fake cowboys, and they have been for a long-ass time. Oh, too careful, careful. I'm if you weren't white, they may facts. come after you. I'm speaking <laughs> facts. I'm coming from real cowboy territory, and I am saying I have never seen a real cowboy in Texas. I've met quite a few in my lifetime. Never no, in Never Texas. from Texas, okay. <laughs> I'm just a little disappointed in Texas as a whole. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I say that. Not meaning that I'm truly disappointed in every Texan. <laughs> I'm just saying that 
this apocalypse apocalypse has proven some Texans to be softer than I thought. I always thought of Texans as like these rugged, Hardy. larger than life. They like cowboys. It's, it's, it's two degrees out Their there. Their cowboy they, hats are too clean, baby. You can tell by the hats and the boots. If those shit don't have shit on it, it ain't real. I've always thought about the te- the Texan man as the ideal man, you know, like some Socrates <laughs> type that shit. shit. And all of a sudden, when they ain't got electricity and they can't take showers or when, you know, you see the pantry a little light and you got to go a couple of days without food or, you know, it's a little cold in the house because the electricity I'm got turned gonna off. I'm just going to stop you on that food comment, though. You were one of them bitches I, I'm, just, I, <laughs> I'm speaking about. <laughs> I'm just saying, at least in the north, I have the option to go out and hunt some food and throw it on a fire. Here, I'm just, what, trapped in here? I'm going to go gonna go hunt for some ramen. True story. I got mad at Sarah yesterday because we're out of electricity. The roads you guys have do not like, want to apocalypse with an African. Just don't do it. The roads are like buried in 10 inches of snow and ice underneath that and sarah's looking at me like oh oh, we're out of groceries we need to drive to the grocery store i'm like woman if i died you're gonna be sitting we're here out of food you're gonna be sitting here going but i love them so much i'm like you're choosing right now you're saying are you that- willing to sacrifice an arm so i can you're saying that my life is worth less than the fucking groceries. That's what I heard. So I'm That's like, that's not you know, what I said. It's, it's not what you said, but it's for sure how I, how it came across. Oh, okay. Because I'm looking at her like, look, we just need to ride this out, sit in the house, and starve He's for like, a few days. Like, let's just go hungry for a couple days. And she's looking at me like, oh, you, you weak man. <laughs> I'm just saying, we can risk it. Go slow. Be safe. It's not snowing at the moment. We would be fine. And, and everyone a who risky. got stuck in a ditch probably had the same thought process. And then you call a tow truck and they get you out. That's the benefits of being in America. Yeah. Problem is, no tow truck is showing up right now in Texas. Did you see what they They were They were hovering like buzzards. They weren't hovering for shit. They were probably stuck themselves. So <laughs> I'm pissed right now because okay. Sarah can't go a couple of days. Because God, God forbid, you don't want to be trapped with me for a couple days without food. Because God forbid, we have to go hungry, and I'm like, we do this in Africa all the time. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have the option to even get to the store. We did not have the option. Death was the uh, the other option. <laughs> so, needless to say, I put in my GPS. I'm like, okay, it's only a mile away. I'm going to walk to the gas station, get us some groceries. Yes, you heard that right. We had to, The gas station is where we get groceries now. Yes. <laughs> you pay like three times as much what it's worth. Yeah, because Walmart's $10 closing. Worth of groceries and you Walgreens pay 50 cro- bucks. Yeah, Walgreens closing. Um, they're running out of food. Gas stations are running out of gas. Like this has just been the shit show from hell. And then the the problem we really had with this whole situation, we've been so fucking busy and we didn't really expect this to get that bad. So we didn't have a chance to shop before everything went down. I don't down. think anyone did. Well, I think some people did. I mean, I know there was some warnings about how bad it would could be and and, and a lot of people probably already stock more groceries. You and I are that weird people where we kind of we live like only minimalist. buy what we absolutely are going to use for that week. So by Friday, we were completely out of everything. So, and the storm really hit. What, what day did the storm hit? Well, it really began on Thursday. Yeah. Remember, I was taking you so to So we work? were already scraping the bottom on like uh-huh. Thursday, Friday, and then it just kept getting worse. And we're like, oh, it's going to pass in a day or two. And it just kept getting worse and worse. So yeah, that was 
That was that whole fun adventure. Yeah. We're like, oh, we'll go Saturday and get groceries. And we actually got to the grocery store that day. You drove. Yeah, but they were closed. And then closed we, got, when we there got there right as we <laughs> they, yeah. they closed down. And then we got stuck because the car wouldn't go uphill. It was a steep for hill. Like five seconds. And after that, we get home. Sarah's like, I'm gonna send you right back out to go get us some groceries. <laughs> like you got to go hunt, motherfucker. The family is hungry. Find this, but we don't know how long we're gonna be here. Anyway, trap like rats. <laughs> now here's what bothered me. Uh-huh. Even more than seeing Texans be soft through this whole thing. I feel like you're saying Texas, what you're really saying is Sarah. <laughs> if the shoe fits, wear it. Okay, I'm wearing it. It's my, my shoe, motherfucker. <laughs> Call <I'm>, me Cinderella. <laughs> I'm looking on social media, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing parents talk about how traumatizing this experience is for their kids. Now, if we lived in some liberal left state like, you know, Oregon. Uh huh. Oh no no no! What state is Oregon in? Uh, <laughs> what state is Oregon? Oregon is. <laughs> what state? Oh, what state? Help me here. Uh, are you thinking like California? No, California, them liberal motherfuckers. You know, uh-huh. if we lived in some state out west. Okay. Portland. Portland. That's the. Portland is a city. Oregon is the. You had it right the first time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If we lived in some state like that and, and I was hearing these remarks about, the, I expect those kids to be soft. Mm-hmm. I expect them to be bitches. I don't expect it out, out of the pure I've actually bread. never been to Portland, Oregon, so I don't know why you're picking on them. <laughs> you have no idea what the people there are like. Roll with me. I'm stereotyping okay. as a motherfucker right now. But I don't, I expect those kids to be soft. I okay. don't expect Texan kids to be uh-huh. soft. These are the kids that I... I thought we're shooting guns from age nine. They were hunting deer at age two, right? They were already slipping out in the cold by the time, like they've known darkness their whole life, <laughs> right? Like Bane. Yeah. They were already men before they ever saw the light. And then now I'm looking at parents saying about their kids, texting kids on social media. Oh, little Jimmy, you know, he's, we got to pray for him. Time. Having such a hard time. Then with the power outs today. And, he can't watch Scooby-Doo and he hasn't taken a shower in two, three days. And, oh, you know, this is so traumatizing for the kid. I'm like, from a Texan parent, shut the f- <laughs> These motherfuckers need some perspective. Some perspective. I mean, honestly, like, okay, so you are right in, in one sense because there's a lot of children who have not been through trauma but i can also speak to like the first time i was a kid and i got kind of like sent to bed without food because we just didn't have anything to eat and as a kid there's a paradigm shift when you're looking at your parent and you're like what do you mean we don't have food because you always as a kid you're looking up at your parent like they always have the solution they're, they're always providing they're always taking care of you so you don't fully comprehend that there are things outside of their control things they just can't do or can't fix kids don't realize they live in a bubble and want that bubble pop and and that's what this is for a lot of these kids are realizing that my parents aren't superheroes and they can't make everything better and they can't make everything just sunshine and rainbows and for parents that's traumatizing as well because they're seeing that reality shift and they're feeling like man i let this kid down i i I didn't provide for them the way i always thought i would i, I want their life to you want your life your kid's life to be better than good. yours. Yeah, I to make get them that. safe I get and that. secure and But that happy. doesn't mean we need to put these kids in a fucking cocoon. That no, when no, we have it, a little power some, outage, some, that 
Like, why is a power outage existential for Texas kids? And I'm speaking, I'm sure other states went through. Well, I will say that there are a lot of people who've had it worse than us. So so for some of them, it is very existential because the temperatures did get below freezing. And we got power cycled on for a couple hours here and there, which helped warm us back up to at least like around 60 degrees, Mm -hmm. which is not comfortable, but it's it's bearable. But for some people, it, it was definitely to the point of like hazardous to their health where they were freezing. They had no heat. 100%. And, and some um, people got genius ideas and went into the cars to warm up. Like carbon right? monoxide poisoning. Like uh, there, there was a lot of, of trauma that, that legitimate trauma, not even just like I went a, a couple hours longer without my show or without my food. Um, there, there, there's been some legitimate trauma from all of this and 100 percent, and i'm not even trying to downplay what that is but i do into the overall general mentality i i do agree that some trauma is good for kids because it gives them perspective that life is not always good and life is not always easy um, I, I remember several times as a kid growing up where we had hurricanes and the power went out and then shit happened and you're just having to figure it out. And it, it does, I think, better prepare you for the world and for reality. And the, the, the trouble that I think specifically you might have, especially with a lot of this that makes you a little extra salty, is you didn't go through moments of trauma that showed you the world was shit and it's not always sunshine and rainbows. You didn't even know what a sunshine or rainbow was. (laughs) Your entire reality was trauma. My entire childhood was one big traumatic event. What are you you talking about? This is just the way life is. Um, So So, it gives you a bit of a different... I think that's a very valid point you bring up because, yes, I'm not comparing apples to apples here. You're not. I'm looking at my childhood, which was all trauma, Mm -hmm. and comparing it to kids who have traumatic moments happen in their very lush lifestyles. Yeah. Like, I I think about it like this. Like, if, if you're a kid from an abusive household and you always get beat... Someone else like calling you an asshole or or smacking you upside the head. You're like, okay, whatever. It's not the worst of shit that's been happening to me. But if you come from a happy home where no one hits you and you barely get a timeout, and and someone smacked you upside the head or called that you first an asshole, smack feels like what different. the fuck? <laughs> like you're crying. And I I remember even like when I actually learned that I was abused was like when they were showing pictures and I was like that that's bad like that's normal like you grew up with so much trauma that i think this is almost a wake-up call where you're looking around like oh that's not normal it's most most people don't go days without food most people don't have to like go through all of these i I got it because i know you get it but there's a paradigm shift still even for you to come to a realization that this is someone else's trauma 100 percent. i get that like i look at my life now and i'm like look i left africa i left these conditions in africa at least Mm -hmm. i thought so right like i thought yeah because powers uh, to give some context to what you're speaking to because a lot of people aren't going to be aware of what you're talking about um so for those of you don't know in nigeria and africa you pay for electricity but it cycles like this all the time. You don't have guaranteed yeah. consistent. You may get it's, it an it's hour on a day. When it's on, yeah. it's off when it's off. So you just got to use as much as you can when you get it. And then you're shit out of luck when it's gone. So this is this is not new for you. Yeah. I just thought I left these conditions 
back in Africa. So color me surprised when, you know, seventeen. When when I, I moved to America now I'm like, oh man, I can't get away from these power outages. They happen here too. Mm-hmm. So where do we go from here, at least in the state in the states, mostly Texas, that weren't prepared for this shit? Well, it hit other uh, states too, right? It hit yeah, Arkansas like it, it hit Arkansas pretty, pretty, bad. pretty hot, uh, pretty bad. I think it hit Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like people got hit, but here's the difference though: New York didn't skip a beat. They see worse snowstorms. The, the, the ones Canada that didn't, didn't skip, skip a, beat. a beat are the Portland ones that have already been skip prepared. And this is where I always say it's not the snow that's the issue. I mean, when I lived in Idaho, the only time we would close school is if the gas in the bus froze. And I, I, I'm not sure. I think it has to be like negative 32 degrees or something that's like just that cold. to freeze. It has to be insanely cold for gas to freeze. So the the thing was, though, and like I said earlier, in those states, people know it's coming. So our electricity grid is prepared. We have backup generators in case of outages. We we know what to do with our pipes. We know how to drive on the roads. They have all of the the cities have the right salts and the right equipment to clear the roads, and they're scheduled for that. They have none of the equipment here. No one is is taught how to drive on snow or ice. They have none of the equipment. It's it's just not the reality we're prepared for. But the funny thing is, is um, there was talks that the the city was warned that this was a potential threat when there's we had always that snow- one guy who warns government officials and the, says the like, Noah, who's like i get it hey, you know floods it never, coming yeah it never floods gets coming. above 70 again never gets below like, 70 we haven't degrees seen rain. Here, we don't know what rain is but floods coming yeah but there was i'll oh, get this motherfucker out of here like noah noah building the ark it's like hey i talked to god he said <laughs> flood coming and people <laughs> like you talking ah, about? ah you talking to god you crazy you crazy mm-hmm. you crazy get this motherfucker out of here all right so they don't listen Here's the unfortunate part, though. Mm-hmm. No one's going to get held accountable here. These fucking politicians will ride so into the, the sunset. All the kids who've gotten sick, all of the inconveniences, all of the jobs that have gotten to shut down and businesses that have lost tons of revenue. After already being hurting from COVID, now businesses are hurting again from this shit. I didn't even think about it that way, but you're right. Restaurants where... Think about all the food they got to throw away. Barely making ends meet before this, yeah, yeah. And and a lot of the businesses they they have, like you said, they have all this food they need to throw away now that they can't sell. But you have all of these people going hungry because they couldn't go get food. It's a weird. So weird what reality. what's been the biggest learning for you, or maybe the biggest surprise you've seen about yourself, other than the fact that you're willing to sacrifice your husband for food? <laughs> I understand that clearly now. That my life <laughs> ain't worth much for shit when Sarah's hungry. I, I was that, willing to risk that my privilege. own life too. I was not no, willing to just risk no, yours. No, 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 no. I'm gonna put you out there like that. I'm put just your dirty saying, laundry. I was. I was dirty laundry. <laughs> I I was willing. You still didn't come last time I checked. I, I made that you walk like alone five times. I was like, "Let me go, let me go, let me go." And you said, "Stay here, stay Your here." Your demeanor here. didn't okay. seem like somebody who truly okay. wanted to come. I'm just saying. Sure. I'm just <laughs> now, saying. Now you're writing perspectives. <laughs> I'm just saying. If I had died and the officers came knocking on the door, say your husband's dead, you'd be like, "Oh, you should have stayed home." I, I, when you drove, I drove with you. All of you. a sudden, all of a sudden, when I'm dead now, you're I was like, in the "My car life with is." You? Yeah, today, not yesterday. Because you told me not to. Oh, motherfucker. 
Okay, I'm just saying. We'll talk about this off the air. We're not going to have this argument now. But yeah, other than my life ain't worth shit, what other big learnings have you had this week? Oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna have this one for a while now. Um, no, like I I I do know that like like you said, I I know my weakness. Like I I've, I've always known my weakness was the food thing. I can do gross. Um, I can do uncomfortable. I can sleep on the ground. I can sleep in the cold. Um, I can do hot, dirty. I can like I can go gut a deer if I need to to get some food. I can cook over a fire. I'm not a weak woman, but but you I don't, don't do, do well hungry with well. Starving. You don't do yeah. I don't do hungry well. Um, and I'll tell you why I'm asking this question because mm-hmm. as like for me, and I'm I'm hoping anyone else listening right now is having the same kind of like you know, conversation with themselves. Like if you went through this experience in Texas or Arkansas, whatever state you were in, Mm -hmm. what part of it was most difficult for you? Right. The part that you're like, man, I like, yeah, I I just couldn't do that. I think for you was the hungry. Like you didn't mind the electricity being shut off. You Mm -hmm. didn't, you didn't mind the no showering. You didn't Mm -hmm. mind. It was just hungry. And Sarah don't go well. Yes. The, The other thing that did bother me is just the not knowing um, so when the power would shut off and you have no idea when it's going to come back on. That bothered you? It bothered me because I, you can't plan for it. Because if it's not coming back on, now do we go get a hotel? Do we try to find someone else to stay You're with? still thinking like a first um, world person. <laughs> no, but even like, even it, even from a, from another perspective, it's like even if I wanted to go outside and build a fire, now, now I could get in trouble for doing that. Like there's nowhere. So even from a wilderness, like third world perspective... There's not a lot of recourse when you're in these cities. Let me share this one. Do you see with, what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. Because Let it's me like, okay, so if I went to the, the the courtyard in our apartment and I started building a bonfire and going to kill the little bunnies that are hopping around in the in, in the little bushes and roasting them, people would look at me fucking weird. But in reality, if, the if, smart we, one. <laughs> if, yeah, if we're all starving, I'm fucking like surviving here. Let me let me share a story that should make like you laugh. That. Okay. Should make anyone listening laugh. So the power had been off for like seven, eight hours, and we hadn't had breakfast yet. So we decided to slap some uh, loaves of bread together, some peanut butter, some honey in that motherfucker and eat. That's about all we had left was we were, peanut we're, butter we and bread. We typically would have done French toast, which, you know, involves some that's cooking. That's Daisy's favorite. Yeah, that's uh, my favorite French meal. French toast. So we have the meal, and the light comes on. Like, like right as we finish like, 30 minutes after we eat and Sarah like, is pissed. Uh, Sarah is pissed. We could have had a warm, hot meal. And I'm pissed that she's pissed at this thing that's so trivial. I didn't even get pissed. It's just more annoyed because it's like, man, if I, because I, I'm not going to eat breakfast twice because that's stupid. But at the same time, God damn it, I was really craving a warm, especially when you're cold. Because when you're cold, you crave warm food, that comfort feeling. So you're not, even though you're full and you've gotten your calories, you're just not getting the, uh, the mental relief of that hot, warm meal when you're eating like, dry jerky or peanut butter sandwich it's just not as therapeutic so this this is the part that pissed Psychological. me off this, the, if, for those wondering why i got upset mm-hmm. thinking they would have been upset too this is the part that pissed me off you see that's privilege when 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 you let You're me privileged let me to think you should get a hot meal yes that's one i agree and two, i'm and not two, denying that in africa 
we don't rely on the electricity. You just learn to live like it's not even there. So we we make our plans regardless of the circumstances around us. Mm-hmm. We're still very subject to the circumstances here, which is why it pisses you when we eat or pisses you off when we eat and then the power comes back on. Mm-hmm. To an African, it wouldn't have made a fucking difference because you know what? Mm-hmm. I ate. I had food. I had food. You're and, right. And me having right. my food had nothing. It, was, it wasn't conditional or subject to the electricity being there or not. Still would have been nice to have that French toast, you're not, though. You're not wrong. No. I'm just saying. No. I'm just saying I'm a little disappointed. If you had that- your druthers. And that's what I said. If I had my druthers. You know what a druther is, right? I don't know what a druther is. So your druther <laughs> is what I'd druther have. Oh, what I'd rather. <laughs> I have my druthers. I'd druther have the French toast. <laughs> I get you. I get you. But I'm, I'm not. Just, I'm not complaining about the fact that we still had food. I'm. I am very happy we still had food. But I was like, man, if I if I could go back those five minutes and redo it. The fact that you even thought that shows privilege. It does. You're. You're not. You're not wrong. But you know what you are. What am I? <laughs> you're a boomer. <laughs> you're, you're like living with one of those grandpas who every time you you complain about the internet going out or something like that, he's like, back in my day, we didn't have, we had to sell mail by the pigeons and we had to walk two miles up the hill to school every day in the snow and had my, my lunch in a milk pan. <laughs> Had to drop out of school when I was six years old. The grandpa, you're not wrong. You're right. And it's perspective. Good perspective. However, I do not and I have not lived in Africa. I do not and I have not lived in the 1930s. So no matter how much you give context and perspective, and it is right that I'm soft in comparison I still live this reality and I have to live based on the context and the life experiences that I've had. You're not wrong, but let me show you. <laughs> let, let me explain where, 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 okay, where I'm boomer. scared okay, for the boom. future. Yeah, I get, I get I'm you. not a boomer. <laughs> like you speak like a boomer, old. though. <laughs> you, you're, you, boomer, you have a boomer soul. I'm like 35 years old. You have a boomer old. soul. I'm going to hashtag that one. Okay, boomer soul. Boomer soul. Here's my worry. Mm-hmm. Back in the 1900s, back in the Stone Age, the entire world was in the fucking Stone Age, right? Like, it didn't matter what country you lived in, whether you were in America, whether you were in China, we were all basically on equal footing when it came to quality of life and just technology and comforts that you had available to you. So it felt like, and I know I'm slightly wrong here, but it felt like everyone, at least from a life comfort perspective, was on equal footing. It feels, hear me out, it feels now that the American child is so far removed from adversity or so comfortable, It there's a disconnect between the typical American child and how comfortable they are in that 3,000 square foot home that their mommy and daddies have put them in. Between them and the kid in Africa, the kid in India, the kids in Russia, the kids in Europe. I'm just saying that the disconnect in comfort is way more obvious now than it's ever been. So to that degree, 
it does make American kids so soft that in the event that life apocalypse happened, I don't know that the kids today can respond with the Superman complex and the heroism that our fucking grandparents responded to in freaking World War II, Mm -hmm. right? Because these kids have grown up so comfortable that the idea of non-running water is traumatizing to them. Mm -hmm. The idea that you don't get three square meals a day is traumatizing to a motherfucker, right? Like, that's the part that concerns me because I don't know that any other child in any other continent, any of the other six continents in the world, is as traumatized as the American kid will be if those luxuries are taken away from them. They understand that fundamentally there are luxuries. American kids have just come to see it as a rite of fucking passage. It's just what life is. Yeah. And that's where it'd be like if me and you were to buy a mansion right now. Mm-hmm. True. Nice ass mansion, but we still remember them days where we lived in like, you know. We have context. We have context where we lived in a shack. But our kids wouldn't. Our kids would not. And that's the part that scares me. That the the American kids are so disconnected from the adversity of their parents. And I don't know that any other child anywhere in the world is that disconnected from the adversities of the previous generation. I I I just went on a rant. I'm sorry. No, no, I I agree in general. I think uh, kids are coddled on a lot of things. Even when you look at just the fundamentals, I'm not even speaking to the bigger things like this, like going without a meal or going without power, but little things like, do they know how to do their own laundry and scrub the toilet and pack their own lunch? Because a lot of, like you said, this this America um, soft generation does not know how to do even general fundamental things like that because they have a mommy or a maid or a daycare or school that does all of those things for them. And um, I I do think that's sad. I I do think that, like you said, in the event of an actual apocalypse, which I can't believe we're talking about, like it's a legitimate thing, but the way the world's going, you never know. And, uh, I, I do think the fact is that in that event, most people in America would be fucked. Not even children, most. just anyone, anyone in this in this country uh, that's not we've an immigrant. Become, we've become too or, affluent for our own good. Yes, and, it's, and I think kids. that's why they even speak to the fact that like happiness in America. When you look at the the dollar per capita that we have in this country versus on the happiness scale. It it doesn't match. We are not as happy as we should be, based on how much income how and revenue and affluence like, as a culture. We live like kings, essentially, with the with the pleasures and privileges that we have, and yet we view ourselves with as the happiness of middle class. Yeah. Yes, as that's, poor. That's why we have a poor mindset. We have a poor mindset as to the happiness scale and how we view happiness. Um, Even though we live in big ass mansion type houses. Three, four, five thousand yeah, square foot. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm eating a peanut butter sandwich, which uh, you know a kid in Africa would probably give his right hand for, and I'm complaining because I wish it was toasted. No, I get it. There's somebody probably it. thinking, oh, but we're not in Africa, and I'm like, you're I not you're wrong. Not. We're not wrong. So you're not wrong. I, I think it goes back to that quote I always say that two things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I can live in a reality where like, okay, yeah, uh, this is uncomfortable. I don't like it. I wish I could have my my normal French toast and the power on and still understand that, hey, 
that does make me slightly privileged because I live in a reality where this is not my normal, where I usually get to eat whatever the fuck I want and I can go down the street to a fancy restaurant and have a nice meal whenever the fuck I want to. And, and, and life is relatively easy for me in comparison when you look at those luxuries and those privileges that I have. So it's, it's acknowledging that you're privileged while still understanding something can be annoying and inconvenient and frustrating. We were watching TV the other day and what you said just reminded me the family that had to, that had to downsize from the 5,000 square foot home. Oh yeah. We watched that tiny homes reruns. Family of five. Financially they had to downsize. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at tiny homes. They spent two weeks in a tiny house and one of the, kind of living conditions of a tiny house is you have to take out it's a compost removal right because it's not like running the 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 way you imagine a toilet the father was looking at his 14 year old kid and saying hey could you come help me dispose this and the kid the kid the kid truly literally was having an existential breakdown having to take out kids being near an adult he's he's borderline crying because he's having to clean up because he's having to take off piss and I'm and I'm looking at this going like Sarah, he is not unique when it comes to this way of acting nope. with American kids. He's pretty much standard. Yeah, that behavior from a kid in any other continent would be the outlier. Yeah, but he's not the outlier in America. He represents most people. most kids. So yep. that is that is my biggest learning through this whole ordeal. Is I am scared for the future. And I'm not talking about that male ego that, you know, no, no, like. No, I get it. I get it. It's just, just, just it's, it's from every facet. And I, I think kids today, like not to take away from this generation, they have different traumas and challenges than you and I will even understand. 100%. The, the way that like there's more kids who are committing suicide now at a younger age than ever before because they are being faced with more um uh, information and trauma and Overload. abuse from yeah the internet and, and all of this overstimulation. Um, so I I do think this generation has their own things that they will deal with. That see it, it is like you said earlier. It's hard to compare because you're not comparing apples to apples. You're you're definitely it, it's so hard to um, quantify. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that's something we shouldn't get lost in either. Is saying that one trauma is is worse or different than a than another trauma. This context um, is just different. But I do think that there is a lesson to be learned in adaptability and knowing that things are not always going to be easy and, and being able to rise to that challenge. Um, I always knew food for me was an issue because. Do you remember um, when we were in college, I went to that that training when I was preparing to go to Africa and it was like a two week training where they took us to this camp and they simulated living in a third world. <laughs> and like we had like legit huts and we had no food and we had to do manual labor all day. And then we would go to a market and try to barter for food and you could only get like things like corn and apples and rice and like basic produce stuff and then you try to like cook it over an open fire and uh we learned very quickly that what we earned for wage on manual labor was not enough to buy enough food to actually survive on and 
there was a few of us who, uh, we, it was a Christian group. It was all about morals and stuff. There were a few of us who very quickly lost our morals and started learning how to steal food. Yeah. <laughs> very quickly. Like, ah, fuck that shit. I, I, I'm going to go steal this food over here while no one's looking. And it, it, it wasn't even a question to me of like, am I a good person or not? Like, nope, I'm hungry. I'm going to take it. I think one thing that gets lost a lot is as technology evolves, it does change what it means to be human, right? Mm -hmm. And here's what I mean by that, because people may hear that and not quite understand. Like, we're all flesh and bones. We all look the same. But from generation to generation, we're not the same human beings. We we evolve because... When you think about how much stimulation these kids get today from just technology and all the media that they're exposed to, their brains are having to be to process differently than yeah. my, yours, or grandparents and parents' brains, gener- you know, process shit. Yeah. So essentially, fundamentally, they're not the same human beings. It's like Terminator 1 and versus like T5 or T3. They Even- look the same exoskeleton-wise. But it's a totally different processor on the inside of that machine. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the big disconnect is it's T1, parents, grandparents, trying to formulate the T5 and the T6. What could go wrong here? I think um, another big part of this is on that scale of happiness, like how we go internally and view ourselves, our lives, and where we rate on that happiness scale, how successful we are. In, in prior ages, we've always looked to our surroundings, our neighbors, the people we grew up with, our community, our family. And then we see how well we've done and where we end up. And we kind of judge, okay, I'm happy because I've done the X amount better than most of my peers. So I know I was successful or I accomplished this goal. I'm thinking about the, um, there's that documentary we were watching on Netflix with the cop, that murder serial killer, um, I know the one you're talking about. Was I don't it the remember Night the Stalker? name. The Night Stalker, yeah. Yeah. And the cop, the detective in there, he made detective, is one of the youngest detectives on the force at the time. And he was so existentially happy because compared to his family and where he grew up and what he came from, it's like, this is huge. Like, he went to an Italian restaurant for the first time ever, ordered a chicken parmesan. He had no idea what the fuck it was. He's like, I made it. I arrived. But coming from the slums of Mexico, going to college and joining the LAPD or even getting on, that was yeah. huge for him. And, and But to somebody else, that's like... To you and I now, because we're not judging based on our peers that we grew up with, our family. If we did, we would both feel existentially pretty, yeah. happy. But we're looking on Instagram and Facebook and we're judging from such a huge pool and so you're seeing guys like Mark Cuban with his planes and his, you know, basketball teams and whatever. And you're judging yourself against these uber successful, uber rich, just you can't you you can't mentally and, and physically and emotionally compete on that happiness scale now. So you are almost always doomed to fail. And I think that's why in some in a small way, maybe we're seeing. Um, such a, a increase in depression and anxiety and just this general sense of I, I'm not worth anything and I'm not succeeding in my goals in life. Because when your goal is to buy a fucking island and we've met people in real life who said, oh, my goal straight faced 
is I want to buy an island. The f- who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> don't like, don't don't kill people's dreams. I'm just bit. set like you are setting yourself up to die disappointed. <laughs> what what is wrong? It has become so wrong to have normal dreams to just want to like live retire and, and, in a porch yeah, just, when you're 40 years old and I just, just want to rock coffee and tea. somewhere. Yeah. That's it. Like I, you I start don't... saying shit like that, people look at you like you're a loser. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I just want to be like left you, the you, fuck alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 unaccomplished lack of you. All uh, I yeah. want is is to be able to go into a grocery store and buy all the food that I need and not worry about like penny pension and oh, can I afford the fancy salad dressing or not? Just want to be able to go buy my. So it comes back to food, right? Just go buy the groceries that I want and go home and be left the fuck alone. That's it. The simple life. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star rating on whatever audio platform you get your podcast Let on. Let them do what they want, boo. Have you guys apocalypse been, out there. <laughs> have you guys been following all the power outages and the bad weather in Texas? Would like to get your perspective. I think this is a lesson in adaptability, especially for the generation that's coming behind us because... If this is existential to kids, okay, boomer. My perspective, okay, boomer. If a little electricity being gone is what what causes little Jimmy to lose his fucking mind, you got that boomer soul. I think we've got bigger problems here. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next time.